My thing is not until uh, nine o'clock your time. Just the other call okay, I do. Cool. So cool. Well, we we'll so definitely will not go that long. Yeah. So we'll have a little bit of gap time in between, which is kind of what I was hoping for. So I would be yeah. talking to people for three or four oh, shit hours. Dude, don't even get me started. What about what today was like for me? We'll get I into that. Had <laughs> right, go ahead, get into it now. It's fine. Talk about it. This is calls. our calls. Eight calls eight? today. Eight calls. Those into an eight-hour workday. That well, seems like a lot of calls. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to give you my exact schedule. Is this the show? Uh, this, is, this, this is the show. 9 a.m. coaching call. <laughs> I had a 10 a.m. coaching call that the person no-showed for, but we rescheduled for later in the day. 11 a.m. coaching call. 12 p.m. Uh, just a catch-up chat with a colleague. 1 p.m. was that rescheduled coaching call. Then I had – actually, I had one less call than I thought. My 2 o'clock got rescheduled. Thank God. And then I had 3.34 and 4.30. Now I'm talking Wouldn't to you. Wouldn't you say that the one that you showed up for and then got rescheduled to later in the day didn't really count as a call? Well, yeah. That, that, yeah, that one didn't. But, it, <laughs> but the call itself happened just later in the day. Okay. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if you were contributing that to one of your eight, no, as in you no. got so the, you got on there to call. That was actually seven. I think there were eight originally uh, scheduled, but the two o'clock got moved to two weeks from now. So okay, okay, yeah, big day, big day. Hey, um, fields of work. Yes, fields of work. How you feeling today, Max? I'm feeling good, feeling cold. I was hoping you would chilly, sing that to me. Chilly. I was for some reason I was thinking oh, that was like part sorry. of the song. Um, I didn't realize no, that that's what you wanted because that's no, the thing we've always done. And people yeah. don't know that, but we always start with a song that we do back and always, forth, kind of like a little always. For like improv. Seven or eight <laughs> minutes usually. Mm-hmm. Hey yeah, everyone, that's people's favorite part. <laughs> hey, hey everyone, this is Fields of Work, podcast about brothers and work. I'm the oldest brother, Sam, and I'm the youngest brother, Max. Hello. And we're back. And we're back one month later. Hello. We're on, the, we're on this day. monthly cadence, basically. I don't like it. That's good for me. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, honestly, so you and I have done a little, we're going to bring people behind the curtain a little bit. The other day, mm-hmm. I said, I have an idea for our next two episodes. And I think it makes sense for these next two episodes to be essentially the close of season three. What do you think? That's, that seems fair. We love to close the season out. Close the season out. You know, we'll do our our, our season premiere or uh, season mm-hmm. finale, and then we'll take a couple months off, probably, and then we'll come back raring to go for season four. Sounds great. And I feel like season I'm four. Season four is when we like really find our groove. I think mm-hmm. all good shows find their groove in the fourth season. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. I think we've like figured out which which recurring characters people love, like who they mm-hmm. want to hear more about, what storylines are really worth following up on, which ones we can ignore. I think we've, we're going to really find our own in, in season four. And people like th- bits like the singing intro. People the love singing that. intro. We're going to keep, gonna keep it. Going to keep it. We might extend <laughs> extend it a little bit. We might start doing singing outros. Um, we might do singing <laughs> interludes in the middle. It's um, you know, I'm working on a lot. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot in the works over there, so that's good mm-hmm. to know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think also, I could said, but the idea of what those two episodes were. One today, oh, no. you, 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 we do a, re- a retrospective of my sabbatical, so you interview me about sabbatical. Next episode, I interview you about just your entire year of farming. This is your first year at this location. Just kind of overall, how did it go? What did you learn? What went well? What didn't go well? What are you What are you thinking about as you go into the off season? How does that sound? 
Sounds great. And you know what? If we do it one month from now, that'll pretty much be the end of my season. It'll be perfect. That's what I'm so that's, that's what I'm thinking. We're professionals here. Yeah. Yeah. This this dawned on you what maybe a couple days ago and yeah. felt like a <laughs> it was basically I mean, it dawned on me as I was turning my brain back on for uh coming back to work and shifting out of sabbatical mode. Mm-hmm. So okay. you've been so chill. Yeah, that's true. Was that sarcastic? Are you being people- sarcastic? No, no, you were – I don't think anything felt different about your sabbatical episodes except yeah. for our check-in rod question. Last time was if you were a pasta, what kind of pasta would you be? <laughs> Which is – that's bringing that sabbatical heat. Really, really bringing that sabbatical time. energy right there. Yeah. The kind of questions he's been thinking about. But no, See, it looks like end of episode 50 was favorite water-based activity. That was mine. That was me. Uh, I brought is that, that you? Okay. That was just yeah. like summer energy. What yeah. reading nowadays? Uh yeah. All good sabbatical topics. Oh, but. so good. But all right, today let's let's get into it. And we're gonna do the rare, like deep and meaningful check-in question because we are recording this a couple of weeks after all convening in Kentucky, where our grandparents live to attend our grandfather's funeral, who passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago, Grandpa Bill. And we thought we would honor Grandpa Bill and the way that he would most want to be honored, which is uh, a check-in question in fields of work uh, with, what's your favorite Grandpa Bill memory, Max? Yeah, that is. He always told me that. He always told, he always told he us. Was like, I hope, gosh, I hope you talked about me on your podcast. Uh, I don't think he knew we did a podcast. I don't it's think probably he did. For the be- it's <laughs> probably. probably for the best. <laughs> probably. Um, my favorite Grandpa Bill memory. Well, we were we were kind of going back and forth a little before. Again, mm-hmm. if we're pulling back the curtain before the episode started, kind of talking about what we each had in mind, mm-hmm. and I think we both could have we rattled off quite a few that came to mind. Because um, of those that don't know, but half the people that listen to this are family. Um, we spent essentially every summer up until, for me, up until I was like eighteen, uh, like eighteen straight years, going down to Kentucky for two weeks. Um, and just tearing at up least the place two down weeks. there. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes longer than like three longer. or four. Yeah. So you know, we used to always. We, I was down there for I think genuinely eighteen straight years. Um, yeah. So we had a lot of summer like, peak summer memories. Usually occurred in in Kentucky for us, um, yep. at least myself. Yep. Same. But I would say uh, favorite. I mean, we, uh, it's tough to pick a favorite one. I will say that you know, Grandpa. Up until this year, consistently had an impressive garden. Yep. I mean, almost bigger than what you could call it. I guess now that I've gotten into farming <laughs> yeah. and I'm farming on the scale that I am, he's he was very close to doing the scale of farming that I am currently doing as a yeah. living, um, as his hobby, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, and so he always had a massive, a massive garden, um, which we were always there to kind of, I would say, reap most of the benefits from because we were yep. there usually in June, July, or August. Um, so just being in the garden in general, which, um, I think really continued mine and kind of Nate's interest, I think, in gardening and farming. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I don't know if it's a favorite memory, but I'll throw in there that that I've never shucked so many ears of corn in my life (laughs) as we did down there. We're all pretty good at shucking Um, corn. I think we learned our skills, uh, in Kentucky. We did. And that was the kind of thing where it always had to be done because it would be a thousand degrees by lunchtime. But I remember like essentially rolling out of bed at like age 10 to go down to the basement and just sit there. Grandpa had already picked it all. We never picked it. He'd always bring it in on a trailer. 
and we would sit down there in the basement and just shuck corn for hours. You're making uh, our summer vacation sound like some sort sound of like like child labor uh, situation. Well, no, it, it obviously worked on me, right? Because here yeah. I am. I'm the one that sought it out as a profession. I'm That's still true. doing it, you know? I'm not a professional corn shucker, but, you know, I'm, I'm only one <laughs> step removed. Um, and so, you know, a lot of other things down there, we, you know, spent so much time fishing and yep. – um, grandpa was known to, to, I think he would wax philosophical to a lot of us and on the screened in porch, the perfect setting for, yep. for some good life lessons to be imparted. So many, many good, good, uh, white plains, Kentucky memories, yeah, uh, growing sure. up for sure. What about yeah. You? For me, for me, I was telling you as I've gotten older, I've realized so like when we were little kids going down to Kentucky without our parents for a couple of weeks, you know, meeting halfway and kind of making the trade. Hey, that must have been a great time for mom and dad. Like they must have been also, looking forward you, to this so could much. Could you call it a trade? What did Bob? I guess he got free time in return. <laughs> yeah, Grandma exactly. and them gave away the, the most lop, time. The most lopsided trade of all time, which is yeah, giving away free time for uh, three or more small children to take care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just as I've gotten older, I've realized like how much of um. Like Grandpa likes his solitude. He likes to do what he wants to do. I can't imagine having all of us showing up at their house and staying with them without our parents for multiple weeks was necessarily like what he, his favorite thing to do. But as you said, it's not like he like hid from us or like was mean to us in any way. In fact, he was like incredibly kind and welcoming to us, even though as I'm older now realizing like he probably, probably was not his necessarily his favorite time of the year. So I guess like appreciate that a lot now. And um, the fact that, you know, get any of our brothers on on this podcast right now talking about summer memories they're all kentucky based they're all with grandma and grandpa and you know doing all the stuff that we don't do um growing up in suburban uh suburban michigan you know the farming the or the gardening the fishing the riding the four-wheelers the shooting of guns like all that stuff we're very lucky to have been able to do that every year if uh, if any of us have any little bit of like toughness and manliness to us, probably comes from our summers. <laughs> at least a little bit of going down to Kentucky. Cause yeah, I mean that's the only place that... we could have picked it up. <laughs> exactly. I will say too, uh, just throwing it out there. I Grandpa Bill had the best like singing in church. They didn't have a huge oh, yeah. church. It was a very small church, and it was just you know there was just a piano. Um, sometimes yeah, usually just a piano, and then everyone there, the congregation, which was like yeah. twenty people at yeah. most. And at his most. voice was perfect for that. Yeah, at yeah. most, if we were in town. Yeah. And uh, his voice was just absolutely perfect for that. Um, I feel like that's another very vivid in my head memory. Yeah. We're, we're Sunday mornings down there, and Grandpa always leading the, the, the singing. singing. Yep. So. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, for, for once in our life, we've had a meaningful check-in question. That's not uh, what kind of pasta are you? So yeah, can't guarantee I, we'll make I, this a, <laughs> a, a recurring segment, but I, it felt appropriate this time around. Yeah, we'll bring it. Well, I'm sure we'll come back with the, with some other food-based check-in questions. Don't uh, you worry. Undoubtedly. Hey, I had delicata squash for dinner tonight. Did you? And what'd you yeah. think? Of course, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to have a pun or something ready. Oh, no. Um, All right, Max, mini topics. I'm traveling again. How about that, eh? You know, I saw you deleted my mini topic, which was pretty Oh, cool. I thought that was old. I'm sorry. Put it nah, back in. that was cool. What was it? But I was talk about your thing real quick. It was just that <laughs> we hadn't actually talked about the brothers weekend because we were leading oh, up to it. Oh, okay. Was gonna touch I wasn't on. sure. But let's talk about your traveling. No, no. no. You okay, we'll, we'll go fast. 
Um, I'll, I'm typing it back in. I thought you copied and pasted from the previous uh, episode. I did, but then I put in some work. How the I date realized, was changed. I realized you, you did that on the farm stuff too. I, I had initially deleted all that as well. Um, yeah. Sorry. So yeah, I'm not on sabbatical anymore. I am in the middle of week three of being back at work, which is cool and fun and probably gives us more stuff to talk about uh, on this ostensibly work-related podcast. And <laughs> last week, I went to California, uh, which is the first time I've been to California in a very long time. I flew out on a Tuesday, like lunchtime, and I came back Friday around dinner time. And it was a lot of fun. Flew into LAX, drove out to Malibu, um, stayed literally at three different hotels, one different one each night I was there for not particularly interesting reasons related to uh, <laughs> convenience and saving money. Uh, and ran a two-day workshop by myself and then came back. And I remembered that I like traveling for client stuff. It can be uh, a lot of fun. What it, it says you're going to bitch a moment a little bit, though. So what do you mean Max, I was what is known as a high-status uh, individual back in the day on my this airline of choice. This is not just for flying. This is for in life. Oh, for – yeah, yeah, life. But <laughs> especially status. where it really matters, which is how the airlines see me. And then yeah. my last client project happened where I wasn't traveling very much. And then this little thing called COVID happened where I definitely wasn't traveling very much. And I lost – all my status. So I went from being pretty regularly uh, complimentary, upgraded to first class, or at least like, you know, the economy plus, to I was in the second to last row on this cross country flight. Luckily, not in the middle. Uh, but my, how the mighty have fallen. And I can see why people maybe don't like flying in planes all, all the time if you don't have, uh, if you don't have status. Like, kind of like, kind of like spit at you as you got on the plane towards the end. Basically, sky. basically. <laughs> uh, like. Actually, I'm put, I'm putting on a little bit of a, of a, of a show here because it wasn't that bad. We actually, it was not a full flight, so there was nobody sitting between me and the other guy in the seat. Um, it was totally fine. Nobody was like leaning the chair back into my space. It was absolutely fine. And then on my flight back, I upgraded for like 300 bucks because I knew I was spending basically all of Friday on the plane, and I wanted to be able to get some work done. So I was in the this amazing first class that had like, it's the nicest first class I've ever been in. It has the um, seats that go like totally horizontal. So you could sleep uh, if it, you were going overnight and you have like, essentially you have like your own cubicle. It was awesome. I actually did get a lot of work done. It was like, I was like, I was sitting at like a little desk for, you know, the six hour flight. I just I imagined you thinking like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get so much work done. And you turn that thing horizontal. Like, oh, wait a minute. Hold uh, up. Oh, that time. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they gave me some sort of weird uh, soggy hot waffle, and man, that was good. Um, with a parfait. Did you, ask, did, you, did you ask for that? Or no, no, complimentary soggy hot waffle. Complimentary soggy <laughs> hot waffle. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was wow. good stuff. So, so that sounds pretty miserable. Other things I've missed traveling for work. Um, don't let Emily hear me, but I love um, occasionally uh, sleeping in a bed by myself and doing what I call the starfish uh, right in the mm -hmm. middle of the bed. That starfishing by yourself in a big hotel bed. Good sleep. Uh, second, I enjoy eating by myself at, uh, at uh, restaurants sometimes, especially uh, like hotel restaurants that are easy to get to. And when I'm done eating, I can go immediately up into my room and just chill. That's fun too. Sounds sounds nice. It sounds yeah. like you like, and this is okay. And again, Emily, try to podcast <laughs> off for a second. You just sometimes a little alone time for for old Sammy is not a bad thing. 
That is 100% true. Emily <laughs> knows it. Everybody who knows me knows that. And yeah. traveling is like, it is like a little break from, you know, normal routine and other things like that, um, which I've actually really appreciated from not right this time necessarily, but in the past when I have been working really hard and also traveling for work is that I, I we may have even talked about this at some point, but I at some point tried to make like a conscious, a deliberate switch to treating travel days as a little bit lower key and with very low expectations in terms of productivity as like a enforced break. Um, as opposed to, you know, if I'm traveling on a weekday, trying to treat it like a normal work day and get a bunch of work done in a subpar environment. So I have appreciated those forced breaks in my routine. I don't really need one now. I'm three weeks back from a sabbatical. So, you know. Yeah. I would say minus the fact that yeah, you did upgrade yourself to first class to get some work done on a plane. That's true. Kind of, uh, that was different. What you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, that one felt the the one thing, the, the, the decisions that I made there was I could have come home. So the workshop ended at like in the early afternoon on Thursday. I could have gotten a flight Thursday evening out of LAX and flown overnight and landed Friday morning. But like I did that for a client project for a long time. And the result was like, yeah, I'm home earlier on a Friday, but I feel like crap and I don't do anything on Friday because I feel terrible. So like, what's even mm-hmm. the point? So that's why I stayed in a hotel real close to the airport Thursday night so that I could get up early on Friday and take a flight home in the morning and basically spend all day because of time zone changes in the air, um, but land, you know, feeling relatively normal. And yeah, that felt like it was worth trying to get some work done on on that one. Like gotcha. that was the trade off. Like because I stayed overnight, I should try to get work done uh, the following day. Makes sense. So. Makes sense. Anyway, anyway yeah. you have a retreat this week. Yeah, I'm going to New Orleans uh, next week for um yeah fly out monday uh for our retreat which is the first in-person retreat that we have had uh since covid so i am going to be meeting a bunch of colleagues for the first time we have hired (laughs) a ton of people during uh during covid a bunch of my colleagues have never met anybody else in person from the ready uh so it should be a good time it should be weird and fun and uh i'm looking forward to it you guys uh and uh, they guys tried to hire me. I got an email from the ready letting them know that they're hiring people oh, right now. Nice. So um, just, just yeah, you're gonna you're gonna spin up our uh, spin up our agriculture practice. Yeah, yeah. I heard that was the next uh, thing you guys were trying to get into. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've got all these um, prolific. <laughs> we've got all these like uh, you know f- uh, family farms knocking down our door trying to hire some uh, consultants to come in and do our thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can bring me in for that. That's gonna be my. That could be All my right. thing. Cool. Um, uh, Brothers' weekend. What would we do? Like what happened? Brief, what's uh, what's, this, what's worth saying? We went to you know the heart of America. We went to Portersville, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. That was the right town name. Uh, north of Pittsburgh, kind of a middle point for everybody except for me. <laughs> I flew in. I flew into DC, and we drove together. Yeah, uh, which was fun. You know, I haven't been yeah. on a plane again since before COVID. Yeah. I don't fly very often, so I yeah. got to fly in DC. Got to like, jump on the metro, feel like a city guy. That's right. Um, and then we we drove our way up there, um, and our three other brothers drove down, and we did what Spurlins do, which is get uh, crunk. Played. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't do anything. No, we we. <laughs> We played a lot of board games, and we um, made some good food at home, and we played can Louis, jam. Louis stepped up to the plate, yeah, and like chef was, was like private chef to the to the weekend. It was uh, a little bit great. 
Yeah, so we had a nice a nice Airbnb that had no TV, which you know people were a little upset about. Oh my god, you guys originally you guys were giving me such a hard time because I was the Airbnb. Not you guys. I was in the car with you. Oh, you're right. It was it was that was the rest of them giving me a bad time because I was the one who selected our Airbnb and I kind of overlooked that it didn't have a TV. But hey, uh, you know what? I think we were better off without it. I think so too. There were rumors of maybe uh, going and buying a TV, which seemed insane. Would have been the Um, craziest thing I've ever heard. And I would have worn as a, a token, a badge of shame for a Incredible long time. Incredible shame. <laughs> um, but instead, we forced us to just spend more time hanging out. And it was a great fall weekend out there. And we did some really cool hiking uh, nearby. Yep. Who knew that Pennsylvania, uh, I guess especially Western Pennsylvania, had such cool state parks. Yep. Um, and then we we all left on Sunday to go our separate ways. And I had a terrible time flying back from D.C. Sorry. Um, but that's all right. That was the true traveler's experience. That's right. Which is to say I spent an entire day traveling um, on my – what was supposed to be an hour and 45-minute flight but was delayed for a long, long amount of time. Yeah. But, uh, but Delayed but to the successful. point where like you guys – they forced you all to get off the plane at some point, right? Yeah. They made the they made the call to get us off the plane after sitting on the plane for a little over an hour, hour 15 minutes. Uh, got off the plane for 15 minutes and I charged my phone and everything real quickly and then they had us board back on because they had fixed the problem. Um, and we and we flew out without any major issues. No one got real mad and like made you know, started a scene or anything. So it was fine. It was a packed flight, which was kind of a bummer in, in the times of COVID to sit into essentially a uh, petri dish tube yeah. for an hour, wearing our masks and all just like sitting right next to each other. Um, but you know what? It was things you do for a brothers' weekend, and so that's right. Or that was our second our second ever. Um, but we, right. skipped, we, we skipped, skipped last year. We skipped last year. Yeah. But I think but, it's a good uh, it's a good yearly tradition. It is it's fun. It's, uh, it's a delight to look forward to. Yep. All right. You can skip farm stuff if you want. If you, like, if you think we've rattled on too long and you want to dive into Sam's sabbatical I mean, follow up, I think I can, can also be, rapid can you fire. be quick? Can you rapid yeah, fire it? I don't and then mean, I don't we'll need to it. say anything too uh, in depth. Basically, I think last time I talked about a lot of the same stuff, which was just that you know finally that the season had been winding down and. It looked like there was an end in sight, and it kind of feels that way, especially with tonight being the first hard frost. Oh, Our cool. temperature is supposed to be down to like 28, 29 degrees gotcha. tonight. I think the last couple um, of nights we've gotten frost warnings, I've noticed as well. Yeah, so we're, we're finally in the, the frosty times, and it's going to pick back up warmer next week. But that just means, you know, I can actually feel like, okay, things are kind of are getting done, and all that did was kind of... Uh, accelerate some things I've been putting off, which was digging up the sweet potatoes. Um, we finished digging them up yesterday, um, and tomorrow we'll plant the garlic. Uh, Did you as get final. as as much sweet potato as you were hoping? Yeah, I don't have a final number on it yet. Um, I'm weighing them as I distribute them, um, so they're all curing. And the the ones from yesterday, which were three beds worth half of what I planted, are all curing in the greenhouse. So I have a better idea, but I think I was very like generously just or very um, low goal of like 50 pounds per bed right. was what I was thinking. And I think uh, it's going to come in closer to closer to 100 pounds a bed maybe. Wow. Um, so that's quite, maybe a little less. Maybe. That's, yeah, it's almost double. That's crazy. Yeah, so I think I think it'll be a little under that. But it was definitely um, a couple three and four pounders in there, a couple basketball-sized sweet potatoes. Wow. So that was nice to see. The barefoot uh, man has good taters. <laughs> he isn't does. That, he isn't that who gave you your slips? Yeah, Jeff Poppin hooked us up with our with look our at my memory. And, look at uh, my memory, like a steel trap. I can't remember anything that's like actually useful in my life. But I remembered you bought 
your sweet potatoes from a barefoot man. That's because that's a pretty unique thing to hold on to. I guess so. I mean, you know, we don't talk about barefoot men every week. That's true, and I couldn't uh, remember his actual name. So, <laughs> um, so other than that, you know, I, I winterized a lot of stuff today. I ran around the farm, putting uh, fabric over any crop that I thought maybe would would struggle a bit with the colder temperatures. Um, but for the most part, I'm embracing this cold weather and this sign that things are near an end. Yep. Um, even though it's going to warm back up a little bit here, I just it it will have killed off some stuff. Um, which is, which is a okay by me. Um, <laughs> ready for them to leave. Yes, they can die. It'll be, it'll be fine. Um, other than that, I mean, it's now I'm kind of working on a winter plan and, and that's what I was doing right before this call. I was just kind of jotting down, um, a huge list of like everything I could do in the next, you know, from December to February, um, to set myself up for success next year. That's not necessarily just like planning crops, like, you know, actually, um, doing some stuff around the farm to make it easier on myself next year. So right. that's exciting to get into those kind of projects when those things are a hundred percent thrown by the wayside as the season goes on. I mean, right. there's just stuff piled up, which is like, and as an organized person, I still found myself just like throwing things on this shelf throughout the year and things like that. So what's uh, an example nice of like some, one of those things? I mean, I just have on here, um, like deep wash and sanitize all of my harvest and storage bins. So every oh, yeah. bin that I harvest into and every bin that gets stored stuff in the cooler, like those kind of things, you know, um, throughout the season, I will, if they're peculiarly dirty or doing anything special, like I'll, I'll wash them deeper, but it'd be nice just to like have them all looking good stacked where I really want them. Like the way that as I buy stuff throughout the season, uh, I quickly lose the lean efficiency of like how to get these bins down to fill them with the lettuce and stuff that I just washed and, Things are stacked where they shouldn't be, and it'll be nice to like um, kind of sit down and actually put some yeah. yeah, put some some thought to like should that bin be on the highest shelf? What if someone who's here helping me is shorter and can't reach it? That's kind of annoying. Um, all these different things like that. Um, so I'm hoping that I can really take two months to to slow down and do those kind of tasks, which I should cool. be able to because there won't be that much going on uh, in the fields. So yeah, we'll do a full but uh, in depth farm talk next time. Next but, time uh, it's. It's, it's getting close. We're getting there. Cool. But right. instead, we're going to jump into to talking about how your sabbatical went. The Sam show um, is what we're going to do Sam now. Sam show. Gosh, that, this, feels like, this feels like such an feels ad good, break time. Is there, anything, is there anything around you you want to advertise? <sighs> um, man, I've got a, a Dune. You guys, you guys seen that? <laughs> Dune. That, we, that's a Brothers Weekend thing. We saw Dune. Yeah. No, we, we didn't. Louie and I, did. I didn't go. Oh, you didn't go. Oh, <laughs> well, I remember some, now. Some steel trap memory you got over there, bud. <laughs> I all all my brothers were there. Two of them. <laughs> Two of them only, were with you. Only Nate and Joe. Yeah, yeah. I remember The ones now. that matter. I get it. That's yeah. no, fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, do you want to see? Do you want to see it? But I do. I just I'm, okay. I wanted to read it first. Oh, okay. That's fair. So I'm, I'm trying to read up to the point where the movie will supposedly gets to, and then, then I will go see it. But I just felt like I started reading it, and then... I know I heard they did a good job kind of introducing all the information. It's a pretty, you know, nerdy sci-fi book. Um, yep. So I was like, I want a little bit of the the background before going and seeing the movie. But okay. I've now been told they did a pretty good job and you actually don't need to know anything about it for the most part. Yeah. Um, which it's is always nice to read the expected. book first, though. I'm yeah, with you on so that. We'll get my Dune. We'll get my Dune feelings. You know, Your Dune thoughts. We'll do a special episode yeah. on Max's Dune thoughts. It'll come in on an off week. It'll just yeah. be like a good forty-five yeah. minutes of we'll fill yeah, the fields of work mini. Mm-hmm. But some people have been people have been asking for those. That's you know? true. They have. 
They're like, your normal um, episodes are too focused. Give yeah, us some, give talk. us some other things. <laughs> more than anything, they probably just, if anything, I have a couple people that probably just want us to put podcasts out a little bit more consistently, and that's all the menu would be for them. Yeah. It's just okay. us putting something out more than once a month. But um, you know, what? they can sit on it because yeah. we don't make money on this. <laughs> this we do this not. is just talking to my brother. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm always want to do that. Um, <laughs> what about you? Is nothing to nothing to add break for around you? Um, I've seen your apartment. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, what? You know, it's pretty, pretty what? Amazing. No, I mean go. like there's probably not a label on anything that you want to advertise. Well, here we go. I have a <laughs> candle here. Um, it is from Ash and Fur. Is the company I believe. It, the flavor is called the Kingston. Flavor. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't go back. I think it's called something else. <laughs> the scent, whatever. There it is. The nose flavor is yeah, called okay. Kingston. Um, and what do you think? There, Kingston is apparently one, two, three, four, uh, four smells. Um, what do you think they are? Kingston. It's that makes no sense to me. It's gonna be uh, a cedar. You're gonna get a sandalwood in there. Okay. Um, and I'm running out of other scents that could exist. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Fresh, fresh fallen snow. <laughs> and okay. Um, children's laughter. Children's laughter, yeah. yeah. Well, you got one. You got one. S- cedar. 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 Yeah, it's in every candle. Yeah. Balsam Charcoal. wood. Charcoal? Oh, no. Balsam wood. Citrus <laughs> and rosemary. Wow. I can't that believe like you, Mr. Like, interact with food and growing things guy, couldn't come up with other scents other than <laughs> children's laughter. I was trying to say, hey, Sam, sometimes this podcast, it can be like a fun thing, you know? Oh. Oh. I hate, I hate to break. I'm not saying we're a comedy podcast. Yes. God knows we're not. Yeah. Um, at least to ourselves, we think we're funny. But <laughs> that's um, you know, sometimes I try and make a joke here and there, and, gotcha. and I think more often than not, what happens when I make a joke is you call me out mm. for not being for real, and then I have mm. to explain that I was doing a bit, so and that always saying, kills the bit. <laughs> you're saying that I'm not. This is maybe a, a very bad improv co- uh, podcast. I'm not really yes and you. I'm really kind of no, more you a don't. no, no, but. Yeah, all right, yeah. So it's it's good, you know. It's good to stop and think about it every once in a while, mm-hmm. and, and really call attention to the thing that I said that apparently yeah. wasn't funny, or <laughs> yeah. it wasn't right either. Mm-hmm. Um, Should we um get so. into what we're actually going to talk about? Yeah, let's get into that. And right. can I just start? I'm rapid fire, and okay. not rapid fire. Yeah, you're interviewing me, answers. so I'm just here to answer your questions. Okay, good. And as quickly um, and as efficiently and as with as little detail as possible. Because that's what and that is what people want. <laughs> yeah. They always they hate they hate when we talk too in depth about anything. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're obviously addressing your four months. About four months. Month. Sixteen weeks. Four months. Sixteen weeks. Yeah. Um. I have down here my first one, kind of pre sabbatical or at the start of it. Like, was there any expectations you had for it going in? I know it's a brand new thing that mm-hmm. you guys just had come up with. You had kind of launched the idea. Mm-hmm. Um. But what did you have any kind of like um, – were you expecting anything from the sabbatical, during the sabbatical, what you were going to feel during it? Like mm-hmm. what was Sam going into uh, the sabbatical like? Yeah. So definitely had some expectations while also trying to not have a lot of specific expectations. Um, I knew – the way I've been describing it to myself and to others who ask is that I I had a good hunch of what my most likely failure mode would be. Like there was a couple different ways I could kind of fail my sabbatical. One way of failing my sabbatical in my mind 
was to essentially turn my brain off completely for 16 weeks and just like watch Netflix and play video games and like read and that's it. And honestly, that probably wouldn't have been like the end of the world for me. There are probably people out there who would argue like that's what a sabbatical is for. But I knew that if I was not more deliberate than that, I would look at back at that time and feel like I had squandered it. Um, and then the other end of the code, the, the other failure mode would have been essentially treating my sabbatical just like a different flavor of work and using that time to be really focused and really working hard on one or more projects. Um, and I knew, I know myself well enough to know that the more likely failure mode was the latter, the, the working too hard and, and trying to go and do too much stuff because I do have a really long list of things I would love to go do or learn or try to teach myself, things like, like that. Um, and I went into my sabbatical telling myself that for at least the first four weeks, I was going to have no expectations to do anything. Like I could just float mentally for four weeks before I even let myself think about doing something like quote unquote productive. Um, what I, what ended up happening was it was actually a couple of weeks after that, where I really started to get the itch to be a little bit more, um, focused and directive with, with my time. So that, that part of it, I feel like went pretty, pretty well. I mean, other expectations that I had going in was to, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be doing a ton of traveling because Emily was still here and I didn't want, I don't think it would have been fun or good for my relationship if I had just been like, hey, I'm piecing out for a long period of time to somewhere awesome mm-hmm. because I'm on sabbatical like, while she was working yeah. full time and doing her PhD and stuff. So I knew I'd be mostly around here unless we were traveling together somewhere to, you know, Buffalo multiple times uh, for, for weddings or the Cape for her vacation. Um, so I was expecting to not go places so that I, I was not going to be able to rely on being in a fun or exotic location to like cue myself that I am in a different um, – that I should be in a different mind uh, mind space than I normally am. I, I was going to have to be able to – I was going to have to find that while still being here mostly in, in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Those are the kind of the expect- expectations that I had going in, you know, that I would want to do stuff, but I probably shouldn't. But at some point I would feel differently and kind of shift, deliberately shift into um, doing doing more stuff. And the only other thing, the only other um, kind of commitment I made was every two weeks write and publish a retrospective article that just says like, hey, here's what I did over the past two weeks and here's how I'm kind of approaching the next two weeks. And I um, I successfully did did that. All of those are on my website, and you can read my my thoughts. And it actually has been interesting to go back and kind of read each of those and kind of see how my thinking evolved across the sixteen weeks. Yeah, those I actually read just the the last one right before this. Um, I kind of mailed it down the last one, so the, the I mean, earlier I ones I, were I better. Look at some of those. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that you know I think it was very like there are very Sam. Um, post in the sense that it was interesting to see that you know the ratings and like the the data you kept at the bottom for each one yeah um about what that's sleep and all these different things and, and days of fitness and, and things like that um it just it's just very it checked out as a very sam a very sam article and a very sam like totally uh, you know they're all like um, that there's a handful of, of pieces of data that i collected throughout the whole time that uh Oh man, I see a bad typo. I gotta fix that. Um, I just pulled up my latest, my latest one. I'm missing a backslash, exactly where I need one. Oh, uh, it's, it's totally embarrassing. And I'm, I'm working. Say, uh, yeah, <laughs> sabbatical Sam didn't care about proofreading apparently. 
Um, mm-hmm. Actually, no, <laughs> sadly, this article I wrote like last week. So it, it came out late because I immediately <laughs> got busy uh, with, with work stuff. But I am going to write like got a it. final summary article. Um, I've got notes for it, but I haven't actually finished drafting it. Um, in a basic in a basic sense, I was going to ask how you how you feel about the whole sabbatical in general. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like it was? Um, you know, it's hard to to garner what or to decide what you thought would be a success for the sabbatical, and maybe you have something in mind for what you thought would be a success. But right. how do you feel now? Like. Four yeah. months after it, and you look back at it, and you're thinking, "All right, that was good. That was uh, yep. underwhelming. That was I didn't do what I thought I was going to do." Yep. Um, so, what what are your basic feelings about uh, about your sabbatical? I mean, A plus all around for Not the yet. most part. Um, <laughs> so, Not like for four months is good. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the, <laughs> in my in my initial article where I was trying to wrap my mind around like, what do I you know, what does success look like for this? Um, the phrase that I used that I was kind of keeping in mind was I wanted to come back, um, hungry, healthy, and happy and hungry in the sense of like excited to get back into the work. Um, you know, have it make it feel like I had been missing it so that when I come back, I really want to dive back in and I'm highly motivated that happened. Um, happy. I mean, yeah, I played a ton of Starcraft and I read a ton of books and like I hung out with Emily a lot and I got to like just chill and be a person not worrying about work for a while, which is was a remarkable and weird uh, thing, which I most people don't really get. And I definitely haven't gotten since like, I don't know, basically high school when I started working. So that part definitely check. And then healthy, um, you know, about halfway through my sabbatical, I got started working with a coach, I bought a bike, got a gym membership and um, have been taking the training for a triathlon really seriously since then. And like, in the past couple of weeks, I've gone for my longest bike ride, my longest run, my longest swim that I've ever done in my life. I've lost like 11 pounds. Um, so like that has gone really well. And I feel a lot healthier than I did at the beginning of this thing. Nice. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but didn't you notice sorry, I was really just a, a real sexy beast during uh, Brothers Weekend? Yeah, I was just saying, I'm sorry that we kind of just shot that in the foot by um, essentially being sloths that weekend and, uh, and it was not well, doing any of those things. It was well worth it. Um, well, I'll, I have a couple of bigger questions I want to get into, but one of them, uh, another kind of easier one, maybe you already touched on this. Do you have any like genuine regrets about the way you treated part mm-hmm. of the sabbatical? Or maybe mm-hmm. that's a little too heavy um, and try not to tell yourself that. But yeah. um, to kind of follow up on that, like things that you would do you know, differently next time, let's say next time you get a sabbatical like this again, having gone through one, you know, what would you do different about this one? Or would you kind of approach it almost in the same way? Yeah, it's a good, a good question. Uh, One, where I've thought about this a decent amount is like, I wish that I had made the decision to get serious about like endurance sports earlier. Um, You know, like when I finally made the decision, like go to the gym get a triathlon coach, get a bike and like start actually working out six days a week doing this. Things have been like really great since then, but that wasn't until like week six or seven, I think maybe even Mm -hmm. a little bit later. So, but part of me is saying like, I needed that initial time of nothingness to get to a point where I could make that decision. So I don't beat myself up too much for that. It just would have been nice if I had kind of like come to that clarity 
earlier so that I could have had more time doing the stuff that has been really great for me. But that's a pretty a pretty minor one that I'm not even sure is possible because I think that initial time of just kind of floating was really restorative and, and needed. I mean, I think the only thing would be if I were to do this again, I would like, try to figure out a way to time it so that Emily could take a good chunk of time off and we could like go somewhere um, and just try the sabbatical thing uh, from a different location, um, somewhere nice, potentially somewhere we've always wanted to go. Just I think there's a probably a little bit of a qualitatively different feel to a, a significant time away from work if you also go to a different location. So I was very yeah. happy to you know do this one here. You know that was it was more than enough. But if I were to do it again, I think that would be what I'd want to explore a little bit. Plus, it'd be fun to be on sabbatical with your partner at like the same time. Yeah, um, I guess just a little silly one to build off that. What are the if we were joking about pre sabbatical about like what you would do on your big sabbatical trip? Is there anything that like a party you really wanted to do? So you came and worked here for a week and things yeah, like that. But that like, was, fun. was there any? Was there any like? a little part of you that wanted to do something kind of crazy. Like, was there something, um, we've talked a little bit about a couple of different ideas, maybe the walking thing inspired by Craig Maud and <laughs> I, oh yeah, stuff like that. But I just did like, that. <laughs> well, sort of, I you? tried to remember. Yeah, that's right. And you hurt right. yourself. You yeah. Did a big hurt my, hurt. I hurt myself. I got, uh, Sammy had a big hurt. Um, uh, I tried <laughs> one of my, I mean, yeah. So at the beginning of my sabbatical, I had a really long list of things that I thought I might want to do. Um, some of the yeah. things I did do, you know, come and work with you. I mean, honestly, I would have liked to have done a long, even a longer period of time with you, like a couple of weeks, yeah. um, two or three weeks doing that to like really like get into that headspace, you know, just a week. It was fun to like get like a quick, like do everything kind of once. Um, but mm-hmm. it's, it's different to like, all right, this is just my reality for like the next two or three weeks is really yeah. cool to do. So maybe we could do that again sometime. Um, another one was the, yeah, go for like a really long walk every day for a week. And I tried to do that and I went for a 20 mile walk on day one and just wrecked my feet, went for a 10 mile walk on day two, just with an absolute, just an absolute act of heroism and just grit as I went through that. And then I realized this is very stupid and I stopped and I didn't have any desire to come back to it. I was saying that I would come back to it probably because I, you know, by the time, by that, by the time I was thinking I was like good to do it, I had gotten into like riding my bike for three hours at a time or going for a long run. So it felt yeah. like I didn't need to do that endurancey thing anymore. But I had things on my Can list I- too, like like teaching myself to code and like writing, like exploring like writing fiction. Like I didn't do any of that on sabbatical. And I think it's because like the reason I was feeling like I wanted to do that stuff is because I was burned out on my, my, my normal job. And my brain was like looking for like other things to do. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should be doing these other things. But once I had mm. actually gotten some time away from it all and didn't do anything for a while, I realized I don't actually want to write fiction or learn to code. I like really like my work and I was just kind of needed to repair my relationship to it, not go do something totally new. Gotcha. Um, well, I, I can't, I can't wait to, to see the movie they make about your, your big walk. It's going to be great. Stop it. Uh, who's uh, who's gonna who, who's gonna play you? Who do you think? Who do you think? Who do you think plays uh, Sam Sperlin? Uh, it's either <laughs> it's either um, Matt Damon or Zach Galifianakis. That's, can they? Can we fuse them? I mean, Probably. Zach Galifianakis seems like the more logical. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get I get those vibes from you. You know, yeah. maybe maybe without the comedy part. Maybe but Jason you know. Sudeikis with the mustache, Ted Lasso kind of kind of look. Uh, oh, maybe. okay, yeah. Or he's maybe he's a little busy. He's a little Paul, busy. Right what now. about Paul Sorry. Rudd? I'm a real Paul Rudd type. Okay, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
we'll have to poll the listeners to see who they think should <laughs> should play you. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking Galifianakis or Sudeikis seems more like, more realistic. All right. That's um, I'll take it. Fit in their, if they can fit it in their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You briefly talked about writing, and there you're talking about writing fiction. Let's let's briefly talk and touch on it, and when there's not too much to say on it, because I know you've been you've moved past it because you're busy again. Um, a big part of this, or a little, I get maybe not a big thing that comes out of this is you had sat down and put a little bit of, of thought mm-hmm. uh, into a book proposal idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really gone into that very much on the podcast yet because there's a thousand open ends still. I'm pretty sure that, and uh, yeah. you know, right now it's, it's a spark that is a, uh, is floating there. Um, yep. But just talk about how that came to be. So I know this is mm-hmm. not the first time you've ever thought about writing a book, but was it like a, a slow week on sabbatical where you're like, I'm going to tackle this thing where you, feeling a level oh, of inspiration God, from wish. something no. or something you know was there anything that led to it or was it like a uh, sh- i said i was going to do this i'm going to try and do this and you sat down and kind of slogged away on it uh, here's what it is which yeah. i have been writing some version of this book in my head since like 2011 probably mm-hmm. uh, actually no probably 2000 yeah wait when did i start grad school 2011 um I have always wanted to write a book that is broadly, the, you know, in the positive psychology, personal development, productivity, personal growth type of field. But I have very strong opinions about what is bad about all of that stuff. And I didn't want to write anything that was like kind of cookie cutter to other things that are out there um, that I think are really shallow and not actually helpful to anyone. Um, so I have been like, taking notes on a potential book project for like literally a decade. And I, part of the sabbatical was like, if there is any time in my life where I'm going to start putting some structure to this, start combing through all of these pages and pages of notes and ideas and, and seeing if there is something book shaped in there, it has to be during my sabbatical. So I did feel some pressure to make progress on it. Um, I knew I would I would feel bad if I didn't even try. Um, so I'm actually, I am actually quite happy with like what I initially pulled together and shared with my newsletter subscribers and got a bunch of feedback on. And the the result of that is that I think I am not close to having really figured out what this book is, um, but I am closer than I was. And I think a lot of the feedback that I got and just the pr- the process of going through what I did to write what I did made me better understand um, the contours of this thing. And I don't know that an, actually a book is going to be the, the kind of like next major project that r- is related to this. But I mean, it all falls under the, the umbrella of like literally this podcast and the deliberate and all the writing I do at, uh, on samsperlin.com and even some of the ready stuff like there is something that lives under that umbrella that is either going to be a book or like a, uh, I don't know, like a, some other sort of like online um, property or maybe some software or some combination of all of that or maybe just a, a book. Um, so I, I, it was both motivating and also 
demotivating in a weird way. Like once I initially got that stuff together and I realized like, oh, there's not like a perfect little gem of a book hidden in all my notes that I just need to uncover and polish and now here it is. But like actually like there's a, I don't know, like a gross disfigured little thing that with a lot of work and effort, I might be able to turn into something that looks good. Um, you know, there's a lot of feelings kind of wrapped up in that, but ultimately I'm glad that I did in the second half of my sabbatical invest a significant amount of time to figuring out what might be in there. Gotcha. Um, so don't, we shouldn't be sitting on pins and needles expecting our next follow-up up, uh, yeah, no. update on, <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't, um, don't be expecting a book on bookshelves any, uh, anytime soon, maybe someday, okay. maybe not. There will be, um, but there will be other stuff this is put might be that. A, might be an amusement park like an experience yeah <laughs> you thought about that the, yeah the deliberate yeah <laughs> That's a, um, i hadn't even thought of that but now now my mind yeah. is spinning put that on the list yeah um okay so i've got a few other ones here and we're kind of well we'll see if we run long um this one we've briefly touched on this a little bit i think with with um the getting the fitness stuff going but i have written down here like uh was there any pivotal moment during it whether that was something with the book proposal whether that was um starting to take the fitness and the triathlon thing more seriously were there any other pivotal moments in the the 16 week period yeah so the the, there was the the literal day where like all the physical stuff started to happen and i was looking at my i was rereading all my um journal from the week and i had that actual day i'm gonna see if i can find it and see what i wrote on that day oh yeah here's what it was um, so it was on day 41. I got a 90 minute massage. I then put the bike rack on my car, which I've owned a bike rack for owning a bike, uh, for, transporting a bike for a long, long time. Like I've had it for a year and a half. I bought that bike rack a year and a half. It got delivered to my house. It looked complicated and I didn't want to learn how to put it on my car. So it's been living in my closet, which really mm-hmm. like kind of like signifies or like really describes, symbolizes like where I was mentally prior to my sabbatical that this thing arrived and I couldn't, it, it looked so unlike what I expected it to look like, um, that I just like mentally shut down and put it in my closet and I didn't even try to get a bike for over a year. It was actually very easy to put on my car. It took me like 15 minutes, but apparently I needed to be 41 days into a sabbatical and having just gotten a 90 minute massage to decide to tackle that project. They didn't put that in the, the instructions. <laughs> no. That was but, like fine print right there at the bottom. But like, I looked at it real closely. It was wild. Like it was basically coming home from that massage. I was like, I'm going to put the bike rack on the car. Like, I have nothing else to do today. Like why, why wouldn't I? I got the bike rack on the car. And then once I did that, I was like, well, now I need to buy a bike because it's on the car. So I spent a couple hours on Craigslist and I found a bike that I – and I reached out to the guy on this day and I picked it up on the following day. After I did that, I there was a gym nearby that I vaguely knew where it was, but it was like the situation where it was about a mile away. I had seen signs for it, but I couldn't really tell where it was from the street. And mm-hmm. that was enough to like shut me down to the idea of even like trying to go find this. Like it's somewhere like deep yeah. in this building. I don't want to figure it out. I was like, no, I'm going to walk over there. I'm going to find this gym. It's not even that hard to find it. It's right there. I talked to a guy. I got a membership. It's not that expensive. Boom. Bike rack on my car, bike purchased, got a gym membership. We're talking like two hours of effort on day 41 here. Also, I booked some golf lessons on that day. Uh, My first like private golf lessons because I wanted to get better at golf and I was was frustrated with how bad I was. 
Um, so like that day, right there on day 41, something like snapped and I did a bunch of these admin- easy administrative things in my brain. And like from that day forward, it was like it was a a different, like a totally different sabbatical uh, for me. And that's where like the whole idea of I think it was really important that on days one through 40, I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, and yeah. it eventually built up to this point where like on day 41, a bunch of things just kind of slotted into place. And that um, was pretty great. Other than that, I don't have really anything else that comes to mind. I mean, the really long walk was kind of memorable just because of how painful it was and how stupid <laughs> it was. Um, but I'm like kind of proud of myself that I did it. Like that's a long ass yeah. walk, um, especially with especially that last mile and a half where I stepped off the curb and I like felt a, my blister on my heel pop and my full foot got wet. It was the most pain I've ever experienced. But for that last mile and a half, like I could have turned left and been home in five minutes, but I wanted the full 20. So my last mile and a half took me like probably half an hour to do, but I wasn't going to come home until I did the full 20, which was stupid. Um, but I'm kind of proud of myself. Done. Save something for the, for the movie script. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I will, I will say too, could you imagine And when you're describing, and I've had days like that before where the one where you talked about you just got so much done, where these things have been hanging over your head. Yeah. It's just, it's, can you imagine being the kind of human being that that's just like what you do in a day? I know. Like, like you well, never. That's the thing, like, that's I mean, the thing Max. I'm usually that guy. I know. But I, when I I'm burned say, out, I'm, I'm yeah. not that guy at all. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. It's just like, you know, that thought where like today I did something like that on the farm where I've been trying to close the door on the chicken thing every night. And I go in there multiple times a day and it like. It's a little rod that goes into a metal hoop and they don't line up perfectly because things have settled and it requires kind of lifting up on the gate and sliding it over. Um, I've put up with that for two months, three months, maybe longer. Today I took a hammer out there and just hit it enough times (laughs) to where they line up better and now it just slides shut. And I just like sat there holding this hammer. It took me 15 seconds holding this hammer and just being like, why? Why did that? Why did that take so long? I know. Like. There's just so many things like that. I think partially it's partially a skill that you like get good at. You like you get good at noticing little things that you are putting up with, and then realizing mm -hmm. that there's oh like it doesn't actually have to be that way. Like I could change where I put this thing, and it would make the fact that I have to do it four times a day like a little bit better. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I do too. And that is the whole idea of being like a lean farmer. And it would be interesting to talk. And sometimes it's it's something like you know. I don't want to spend the money on it, but then I realize, you know, $10 on doing this thing and buying the right tool for it, I will yep. forever be happier. Um, yep. I know a lot of farms will actually, a lot of farms will ask their employees, like, what was the most frustrating thing about working here this year? Yeah. List off like 10 things that you ran into that you hated. Was it that the, the the overalls that we had to wear for washing and packing, like, were either too big, didn't fit right, you always end up wet? Yeah. Like, making note of that, and then they would sit down and look at it and realize, like, how many of them could be rearranged? new purchases, blah, 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 training, something. Um, It is funny that those kind of things just add up over time. Well, I Um, literally do the same thing with, like, corporate teams, too. Like, that is the crux of a lot of our work is, like, what is the little stuff that's getting in the way of you doing, like, really great work? And are some of these things things we could actually change with, like, not that much effort? Yeah. Um, I do want to ask the question, the one that you had sent me that was on your Twitter from a coworker of yours, because I feel like – of course, sure. since it came from co- a, a, an employee of the Ready, it was like the most thought out of any of these questions that oh, I'm going to ask. You, from Juliana? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, she um, she had a good question. And you can either read it straight from your Twitter if you want, or I kind of just dumbed it down over here. But basically, you know, she had a longer um, 
uh, little thing that went with it, but, but how much did your break from work disrupt uh, your core personal identifications? Um, she mentioned a little bit like, you know, like, man, I should go work on a farm, or this thing yeah. happens, or this thing, like, you know, like, um, and we briefly touched on that, but but do you have an actual feeling towards that? You know, it's a really um, good gap away from work. Yeah, it's a good good question. Like, how much did the break from work disrupt your core personal identifications? I don't think it. I actually don't think it disrupted my core personal identifications at all. Um, I think there was certainly a period of time where I was in the middle of it. Where I, I have always, you know, work has always been a huge part of my identity. Um, you know, some I know some people like that blows their mind because they're all about like I am so separate from what I do professionally. Like don't don't um, like lump me in with whatever I do for work. And I, I really admire folks who are like that. Like I understand why someone would be that way. That's just not who I am. And you know, it's comes out in obviously the work that I do for a living, which is very meta around like making mm-hmm. work better for people. Um, so there was definitely a period in the middle of the sabbatical when I was felt very far removed from the ready, you know, I was several weeks out into the sabbatical, I was still many weeks away from rejoining the ready, where it did feel weird to not initially kind of conceptualize myself through the work that I do. And there was a period of time where I was like, huh, like, if I'm not, you know, the guy who does whatever for work or works at the ready or was employee number one at the ready, like how do I kind of self-conceptualize? Um, that didn't really like panic me or anything. It didn't really make me feel like I needed to go do something different. It was just an, kind of an interesting thing to notice and uh, observe. And I'm pretty sure I would, you know, if I if my sabbatical was permanent, I would have found other things to do that are probably like work adjacent or productive mm-hmm. in some way. And that would have kind of started to probably form my new, uh, identity, but I didn't have any sort of like, um, you know, identity crisis where I was like, Oh my God, I need to stay on Max's farm. Like Max, I had fun working with you. Um, but <laughs> part of the, part of the experience was like, Oh, like Max and I are really different people. Like, I really understand yeah. <laughs> that. Like this was fun for a week. I would even do it for longer, but I don't know that, I would like, I want this for myself, which I was like very happy to like, like I knew that intellectually probably like there's a yeah. reason I've gone down the path that I have gone down and the reason you've gone on the path you have, but actually experiencing it firsthand was just like cool. And I'm glad that I, that I did that. And when I got, you know, near the end of the sabbatical and I started putting my nose back into the ready world and like looking at our Slack and seeing what sort of projects were coming down our pipeline and what I might be able to work on. I was just very excited for for all of that. So I really think the sabbatical was about kind of taking just taking a break and and re maybe I think healing is honestly the best word, which sounds probably a little woo woo and maybe a little um, I don't know bigger than it actually is, but but healing my relationship with the work that I really love to do. And I think the sabbatical definitely did that. And I came out the other side with kind of the same personal identifications, but feeling better about them. I think you could apply that. I mean, you already said the hungry, happy, healthy kind of thing, but I think you could apply that healing to obviously other things. You know, you're saying your relationship with your physical body is the best it's been in a long time coming out of this. And I think obviously that is kind of the idealistic goal of a sabbatical is that you feel healed coming out of it whether yeah. that is physical mental um, and excited to go yeah all it's excited to go back to work i yeah, was also just going to so. touch on that like it is interesting to me where you said you know how much your work is your identity 
and he thought, you know, and you mentioned that it's because you kind of do this meta work, but it's also very true. I think it's funny again, because this podcast is about polar opposites. Um, not that I don't identify myself, myself with my work. Cause I really do. There's so many farmers I know that like, you know, they're doing very, very physical hands-on like material work, but the same way where like their entire, um, you know, being a farmer is exactly how I think a lot of people would categorize me that way. Like my personality, my life, everything is like, yeah. like he's the farmer. That's what he does. And I, I'm again, same way as you are like very okay with that. I think if I was removed from farming for a while, the same thing would be kind of burning inside me to, to bring myself back to this kind of stuff because that's just kind of where I like get my identity from. Yep. Um, so it doesn't always come with the, the necessarily with the meta or anything either. Not saying totally said that, but like, yeah. Um, it's interesting too to to know that in that way we're still very very similar. Yeah, that's um, a, that's a great point. I know we're running long. I have one yeah. more that's kind of I want to ask. Um, okay, and that was just that uh, you're as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows you're a lover of resets and resetting things and, <laughs> yeah. and things like that. Um, how did you use this sabbatical kind of as a reset or a way of altering routine yeah. um, or things like that? You know, you, it's easy to to delete your Instagram or do things like that. How did you, did you use this in any way on a larger scale for yourself or not? Not really. Hmm. Good question. I mean, very, from like a very um, straightforward answer, the first couple of weeks I deleted everything. So Mm -hmm. social media, um, but even more importantly, like I deleted everything out of my task management software. I deleted my entire Instapaper backlog. I deleted my list of books that I thought I might want to read. I deleted my list of TV and movies that I thought I might want to read. I basically wanted to erase anything that was any sort of um, kind of commitment that my past self had made to for my future self to do something. Um, it just felt important to like start from a blank slate as much as possible. Um, so like I really reset a lot of stuff very early on for, for a couple of weeks uh, at least. And I don't know if I have like a good answer for like the broader sense of a, of a reset. I mean, I definitely spent I, I let myself do things like um, like I, I think I reset my relationship with sleep a little bit um, on my sabbatical and I kind of even within the sabbatical battled a little bit like I'm such a lover of routine and structure and like ritual that there were times in my sabbatical where I felt like all right I should get like keep getting up at my normal morning time as if I were working because like that's just who I am like I'm the type of person who does that and I realized that's stupid you're on sabbatical there's nothing more important than sleep having like enough sleep is foundational to literally everything else in your life just sleep you idiot uh, so mm-hmm. I spent a lot, most of my sabbatical letting myself sleep until whenever I wanted, which I think helped me really understand how much sleep my body wants naturally, which, you know, I may or may not do a great job of being able to grant when I'm actually having responsibilities in my life. But I feel like it reset my understanding of what I actually need to really feel at the top of, of my game. Um, and then all the physical fitness stuff that we talked about was just kind of a reset in terms of what. I am capable of and, um, you know, what sort of changes I can see in myself, both not even just from like a losing weight perspective, but from a what I'm capable of doing perspective that I don't know that I would have necessarily gotten there um, without the, the sabbatical. And my goal is to, like you know, keep that going. I mean, it's one thing to be able to do a bunch of training when you're on sabbatical. It's a different thing to keep it going when you're still at work um, or when you're back at work. So I've been 
these last three weeks, I've been trying to really take it seriously to make sure that this wasn't just a sabbatical thing. And this actually could be a true kind of reset with how I think about myself as an athlete, even though I'm getting older and, you know, I'm not a hockey player anymore, but maybe I can be a triathlete. And that doesn't mean I'm faster and going to be like competing for any sort of medals, but I can be the type of person who completes, um, completes races. So I don't know if that's what you're thinking of, but that's where my, my head went when you asked that. No, I had no, I had no goal in asking that question. I just knew that this kind of lined yeah. up with your, your yeah. love of, of whether that's digital resets or everything else that you've done. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. That's, You're that's a good interviewer, man. That's it. Thanks, man. Thanks. I jotted those down. Um, hopefully, people have an idea of what Sam did on his sabbatical. Yeah. Uh, and by the time they hear this, yeah, it was a success. If by the time you hear this, there'll probably be an article up. Go to samsmerlin.com, and I'm sure you'll find it. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that we didn't touch on in this conversation, which I'll probably touch on in the article, but you know, the, 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 I guess the, the final word is, um, it's pretty great. I'm very thankful and grateful that I had the opportunity to do it. I know, uh, I shouldn't take it for granted. A lot of people could use a sabbatical even more than I needed one and just aren't in a position to get one. And, um, you know, I, I very, very grateful. I got to do it. Well, lucky guy. Thanks for ready. That's right. All right, man. Well, we'll talk again soon. Yep. We'll be back with Farm Talk in the future. That's right. All right. See y'all. See ya.